0: Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first 3 months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first 3 months of your subscription. Back to the show. Welcome to episode number 69 of the Giant Take Podcast. Very special episode here for all of you who know 69, you know, you got it. I'm Josh and I'm always joined by my co-host Alex. What a way to start this episode. Uh, Giants going on to play the Browns this week. Very, very scary stuff as we saw what happened on Monday Night Football. Probably the best Monday Night Football of the season. Could have been the best game for the Browns this season or for... The Baltimore Ravens, Baltimore Ravens came on top after Lamar Jackson took a bathroom break mid-game, came in for the injured Trace McSorley. Uh, 47-42 final in that one, and that is scary that the Browns are able to put 42 points up. Uh, to be fair, the defense of the Baltimore Ravens is not too good, so we can go into that and, and you know, we'll see what happens um, and as, and as always, we do have a guest on this one. Uh, Dan Lobby is going to be here joining us in a little bit. He's a Browns reporter for Cleveland.com, so we'll talk to him. And um, yeah, it should be good. So, Alex, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great today. Um, it's, it's another preview, but this is going to be a tough game for the New York Giants. Daniel Jones, we have news on him um, today. We're going to mention that in a few minutes. So that's, you know, not great news. I'll give you a warning for that. Um, And, you know, I'm excited um, to have Dan on. We're going to talk about the game. And hopefully it goes better than we think it's going to go.
0: Yeah, I mean, you hope so. You really do hope so. Because I think that it's not going very well right now. (laughs) It is not going very well right now. We have Daniel Jones. Like you said, we have the injury news. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, First of all, I mean, we should start with... um, let's just recap what happened last week right the Giants did play very well it's the first time they really collapsed in a game kind of what we saw um their best way to describe it I would say is collapse since the game against the San Francisco 49ers back in I think week three or four um you know some things that I did see from this game and just before I got a plug Alex' have a new blog post out now and you can go look at it it's three takeaways from the Giants loss to the Cardinals one of those takeaways is the offensive line is not fixed yet, just yet, Um, so go read that, and here are some stuff that I have here uh, that I don't think we mentioned, maybe we mentioned some of it, whatever. Jason Garrett's game plan um, has not been effective. The New York Giants rank right now 31st scoring offense in the league compared to 19th last year, and there was a questionable decision by Garrett, obviously, to go on, on that third down and one. Um, giants could look for a new offensive coordinator next thing special teams has been atrocious the past two weeks it's the same mental errors and they're in need of a returner um, i think alex you mentioned that on last episode or, or something around there and judge needs to fig- figure out what's up daniel jones did not look 100 percent and he was seen hobbling off the field he couldn't take off for first downs giants need him to be healthy which is very unlikely and the offensive line played their worst game of the season, allowing eight sacks and five to Hassan Reddick. 11 QB hits was trending up after firing Colombo, but looked bad. And the Giants are in desperate need of a wide receiver number one. Alex mentions that in his article as well. Don't have a true number one wide receiver on the roster. All receivers were below the league average in separation. Nothing for Daniel Jones, um, you know, Receivers-wise, like I just mentioned, and Andrew Thomas, to be honest, looks like a bust right now. Thirteen sacks he's allowed, uh, and and for plus forty-eight press allowed in twelve games, so he's not looking good. That is something we need to cover, and that is something you know I kind of just covered. Um, you know, right now, Alex, you can go into anything. Um, you know, you want to mention from Sunday just to end that.
1: I wouldn't consider Andrew Thomas a bust. I think his numbers look worse than how he actually performs. Has he had a good start to his NFL career? No. Has he shown glimpses of him being able to be our franchise left tackle? Yes, I, I would say that. So I think as much as 13 sacks is, well, let's just say not very good, um, I, I think there's potential there, and we can't you know, give up on the fourth overall pick in the draft, and I think we got to give him some time – you know, this offensive line, it, it's, you know, everyone's new playing together this season, shortened off season, right? No, like, uh, shorter preseason. So you got to give the guy time. He's learning as he plays in these super important games. Uh, so you can't really expect him to do much, right? His offensive line coach got uh, fired recently. So there's a whole bunch of things there that make it difficult for Andrew Thomas. So I think we got to give him a little bit of slack. Besides that, everything else you mentioned in the game, it was just not a good game. Hopefully we can come forward um, into this upcoming game against the Browns and do uh, much better, especially in special teams and offensively, uh, like you mentioned, Josh. But, yeah, it was was not great. I'm trying to forget it. We're moving on. Browns, can we get a win?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Can we get a win against the Browns? And I think that's a questionable decision right now, and I think hopefully we'll be able to. And, you know, going into Sunday Night Football primetime, we talked about this before on the podcast, but, you know, you, you hope that the Giants will get a win. So now we've been kind of clawing out a little bit, haven't gone to it yet. The injury news, Giants injury update, uh, how we would like to do uh, on our game previews. We mentioned it before Daniel Jones is injured again. We also like to mention on this podcast, we record these on Wednesday. So we do not have the Thursday update uh, injury-wise, even though this episode, these episodes come out on Thursday. Um, So basically, some stuff that happened today, Joe Judge said Daniel Jones came away with some bumps and bruises and another lower leg issue. They will move him around today. No decision yet on his status for Sunday night. Uh, He said, uh, Joe Judge said Blake Martinez came out with all positives from the game and should be able to practice fully. And you have the injury report for today, when we're recording on Wednesday, the 16th of December. Quarterback Daniel Jones' hamstring ankle injury was limited in practice. Guard Kevin Zeitler was uh, limited with a shoulder injury. And Darnay Holmes, cornerback for the New York Giants, did not practice. You also have Daniel Jones, who's going to take it day by day. He said the ankle is sore, but it's a part of playing the game. Daniel Jones felt good at practice today. He'll just continue to follow the plan. And Daniel Jones said he hurt the ankle midway through last game, last week's game on a hit in the pocket. He said the hamstring feels good. I don't want him to play on Sunday. I I just don't want him to play on Sunday. I'm going to come out with that right now. And there's nothing, really nothing, that's going to make me want Daniel Jones to play on Sunday. Really nothing. So that's, that's what I have to say on it.
1: Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I don't think this game's winnable, to be honest. Um... I think the Ravens, to be honest, are a more winnable game than the Browns. I think the Browns, um, I I think, not that the Ravens are a worse team. Obviously, they beat the Browns on Monday Night Football. Um, I think it's just Lamar Jackson, I think, in that offense is a little bit more hot and cold than that Browns offense. Yes, Baker Mayfield's not always consistent, but at least recently he's been very consistent. Um, So, I think you gotta save him for that uh, you know Brown's game and then you're really ho- uh, ho- or Ravens game sorry and you gotta hope that hopefully Washington just loses out and you're waiting for that week 17 game and you want Daniel Jones to be fully ready for that game because that might be uh, a decider there uh, and it might be a must win game if we want to win get into the playoffs um, yeah but it kind of all depends uh, I think Daniel Jones Will probably play is my guess. Um, Just judging by what Joe Judge did last week and what, you know, his attitude seems to be about it. um, Do I think he should play? I really don't think there's actually a a big difference. Not, Not obviously Daniel Jones is a better quarterback than Colt McCoy, but I think an injured Daniel Jones versus a healthy Colt McCoy, I think it's pretty similar. And why would you risk the injured player? Um, Because when you get Daniel Jones without his mobility, it pretty much turns him into Colt McCoy. So um, not a direct comparison, I guess, but just kind of something I was thinking about it. But yeah, if I were Joe Judge, I would be starting Colt McCoy this weekend unless something dramatic happens. But I do think Daniel Jones will be starting.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I have no idea. I really have no idea. I mean, I would hope to see Colt McCoy out there. And I know that's a weird thing to say, but I mean, it is pretty true. Uh, in my opinion, and that's just that's just what I feel. I think it's the best for the Giants, and I think, Alex, as long as you're okay with it. So let's move to the Browns preview right now, and the first thing I want to start with is that the Browns, uh, like I said, played very well. Baker Mayfield, you know, I've talked about him on this podcast before, when we're not playing him, I think he's a very good player, uh, and when he plays it to his potential, it's very good, and we saw that against the Baltimore Ravens this week, so Alex, who cannot deny that. And then second is the Giants rushing, or the uh, Cleveland Browns rushing looked very well too, and they have two very good running backs in uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, very good duo. So we're we're going up against a tough team with a good amount of receivers. We know Jarvis Landry obviously. We're going to be missing Odell Beckham in this game, but we have Jar- they have Jarvis Landry, they have uh, Peoples Jones, and they also have Rashard Higgins, I think it's his name, and. Um, so we're going we're we're whoa we're going up against a tough opponent. Uh, trouble getting that out, but that's you know something I want to start with is that on the offensive side, and obviously we got the three points which we'll go to uh, in a few.
1: Yeah, I mean if you're looking at Kareem Hunt, um, you know he's a really good backup for Nick Chubb. They keep each other fresh throughout the game. They're going to be pounding us all game with that uh, the running game. It's going to be interesting. I'm not sure about their injury report. Jedrick Wills, I remember um, while watching Monday Night Football, which was a great game, by the way. Definitely going to be one of the better ones this season. I saw that he took a little knock. He came back into the game, so it'll be interesting to see what his status is um, for um, for Sunday night. Maybe we asked Dan about that a little bit later in the interview, but uh, it, that would be interesting. That could affect their run game. Obviously, at left tackle, maybe not so much, but uh, you never know, and, and I think it's going to be tough to play against their offense. Obviously, Odell not there, um, out for the rest of the season with the torn ACL. But um, you know, Jarvis Landry still there. They got uh, Richard Higgins, I believe. He was doing pretty well recently, and they've got uh, Donovan Peoples Jones, that rookie uh, out of Michigan, I want to say, and he's been doing pretty well um, also. So they they definitely have some weapons still, and Kareem Hunt in the passing game is also pretty decent weapon. so offensively they've got a lot and I believe defensively they have some uh, pretty good players as well some former Giants also Josh I think um, I don't know maybe they got in some trade I don't, I don't know some trade that Dave Gettleman likes to talk about a lot
0: listen I mean we can go to this right now uh, I guess the perfect time to talk about the Odell Beckham trade is right about now Uh, And you're right, it was Michigan. Donovan Peoples Jones is from Michigan. So, you know, wanted to confirm Alex on that. And then, second thing, let's just talk about the Odell trade while we're at it. I think that's what you're referring to. Um, Great trade for the Giants. It paid off for them. Uh, You know, in the start and and for the first, like, year or two, I thought it was a very bad trade. Uh, I still think that we could have kept Odell Beckham, but I do think the Giants clearly won that trade. And I think you know it shows from how we've seen the Giants right now. Obviously, the trade was for Jabril Peppers and Dexter Lawrence, you know, or the first round pick of the uh, uh, of what we took Dexter Lawrence. And then, if you even want to, you know, kind of add in who we got this off season, that was due to us not having Odell Beckham anymore. So like you know, you want to add Blake Martinez, you want to add James Bradbury to that as well, technically. Because they came because we didn't have to pay Odell Beckham. And he was a big cap hold on this New York Giants team. So once again, just even for the straight up, uh, you know, the the uh, Odell Beckham trade-up. Odell Beckham for Jabil Peppers. And then I think it's the first round pick and the second round pick. And then the, the Browns getting a fifth round pick. I don't even know what they picked. But it was O'Shane Ziminez and uh, it was first, uh, first round Dexter Lawrence. O'Shane Ziminez because of the injury this season, we haven't been able to see him at full potential. He got a few sacks last year. I think that the trade has definitely paid off for the New York Giants. I think they clearly won. And due to Odell leaving, he's now, you know, and I, I don't wish him, you know, any harm or anything like that, but he's now um, had multiple injuries there in Cleveland. He had multiple injuries with the Giants. He's 28 years old. Um, and, he I mean, he just recently turned 28. But, the you know, this he's not going to be getting any better, I would say, at, at this point. He's injured again, you know, he's out for the rest of the year, and it, and it, I definitely think that the New York Giants have won this trade, and they're continuing to win this trade, you know, as, as everything progresses, it just keeps on looking better and better for them, so Alex, congratulations if that's what you were trying to bring up and get out of me, but you're wrong, because I have the Giants, and I think they won this trade.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you. I've talked about it all the time on this podcast. Obviously, the Kevin Zeitler trade was also kind of in with that. It's kind of all intertwined there, I guess, even though they were technically separate. Um, Josh, do you have anything else, or do you want to go to your uh, famous three points?
0: Three points it is. So we'll start off with point number one. The uh, uh, the, The Giants cannot force the ball downfield, especially against Denzel Ward, who happens to be tied in fourth with 15 pass deflections, and our former Giants player, like Alex mentioned earlier, B.J. Goodson, um, who's been pretty good this season as well. And two, the offensive line needs to stabilize. The Giants offense, I mean, I already talked about this earlier, but the Giants offensive line gave up eight sacks last week, which is the most this season by far, basically. Uh, And also, Miles Garrett is tied in third with the most sacks in the NFL with 10.5. And another former friend, Giant Olivier Vernon, um, has seven and a half sacked which is more than any other giant besides leonard williams with eight and a half so only leonard williams topping off the the cleveland browns second leader in sacks um, olivier vernon and then third is going to be established the run game again against the cardinals the new york giants only had 78 rushing yards which is not even that bad uh, and wayne gallman actually had a you know he, he had a pretty good game uh, but the browns you know they're close to the middle in all the defensive categories. So if we're able to establish a good rushing attack, it would be great. Also, you look at last week against the Baltimore Ravens. They have good running backs as well with J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, but they were able to have over 200 yards in the rushing attack. So I mean, if we can come out and do this against them, we should be pretty set and we should be pretty good. So once again, the three points is let's not force the ball downfield, whether it's Daniel Jones or Colt McCoy, right? So both of them are not really the best options in this game, an injured Daniel Jones or a normal Colt McCoy. Uh, And number two is going to be the offensive line needs to stabilize. Number three is going to be establish the run game again. And those are my three points for this game, Giants versus versus Cleveland Browns. All
1: right, that's a wrap for the intro. Now we're going to go to our interview with Dan Lobby.
0: We are back now with a very special guest, Browns reporter for Cleveland.com. It's Dan Lobby. You can go follow him on Twitter at Dan underscore Lobby Um, or well, as you would, as you would uh, read it or type it, it would be L-A-B-B-E. I should, you know, say that. And Dan, how's it going today?
2: Good. How are you? Yeah, I I got a a tricky last name for as short as it is.
0: (laughs) No, I just wanted to get our listeners. So it'd be perfect for them, you know, to put it right into their Twitter, um, we're excited to preview this game with you. And something I mentioned, um, you know, already in in the podcast is the Odell Beckham trade. Now, Odell Beckham is not playing in this game, but, you know, from the Cleveland side of things, we um, we as Giants fans, Alex and I have the opinion that we won this trade. Um, and, and now from the Cleveland side, I want you to, you know, kind of answer the question for yourself and, um, you know, who you think winners and losers of that trade, you know, going into this game on Sunday.
2: You know, I, I was just talking to somebody about this and I, I could see how you could make the case that the Giants won the trade uh, because obviously you've got guys uh, who are playing, who are, you know, Jabril Preppers and uh, all, all of that. You got the draft picks. Kevin Zeitler also included in that trade if you throw in the Olivier Vernon aspect of it. The case I would make for the Browns, maybe not necessarily winning the trade, but still being okay with the trade, even though they haven't gotten what they expect out of Odell Beckham is they've kind of essentially replaced all of those parts that they gave up. Um, You know, in theory, they have a couple of safeties that they really like. Now, unfortunately, Grant Delpit got hurt before the season even started, Uh, but he's a guy that should be there long-term, and and maybe that role Peppers would have played. That kind of forced the hand to trade for a guy in Ronnie Harrison that I think they like as well at safety. Uh, They've uncovered this uh, right guard in Wyatt Teller to replace Uh, Kevin Zeitler and Teller's having a a fantastic year, a pro bowl caliber year. I don't know if he'll get there, but just because of the name recognition, but they've managed to replace Zeitler pretty well. Also, you know, the bad taste in the mouth here, of course, is you traded for Odell Beckham Jr. to try and put you over the top last year. You ended up going six and 10. Now he's out for the year. Him and Baker have just never gotten on the same page. So, you know, I, I, there's certainly a case to say the giants won this trade, but it's also hard for me to look back and say that the Browns wouldn't do this deal again and take that chance on Odell Beckham Jr. Considering how they've been able to kind of replace the parts that they gave up.
0: And I mean, you, you go to that other trade, the Kevin Zeitler, Olivier Vernon trade, and there's Kevin Zeitler, who did not look good last week. I don't know if you're aware, but the New York Giants have been uh, last year were very bad on the offensive line got a little better this year. They've been playing pretty well. And um, we actually hired a new offensive uh, line coach due to, you know, uh, th- there was a whole thing a few weeks ago with the Joe Judge getting in a fight. But um, we, we hired uh, Dave DeGuliamo and now he's in here. And the Giants offensive line has been pretty good last week. They gave up eight sacks, though, to the Arizona Cardinals. Um, and I know, and I mentioned in, my, in, in the intro with my three points, that one of them was if any game that you want to have a, you know, a stable game on the offensive line, you do not want to be facing miles Garrett and actually Olivier Vernon, who has, I think seven and a half sacks a season. So, I mean, going through that trade that, that, you know, looks to be pretty good for the Browns, especially this season.
2: Yeah. And Olivier Vernon has been, um, you know, really good for this team lately specifically. I, I think that would probably be the, the scariest part is it's not just that he has uh, those seven sacks, but, he's really been coming on lately. You know, last year, I actually thought he played well last year, even though he didn't put up the numbers, but then he got hurt halfway through the season. That's always been the issue with Vernon is keeping him on the field. Uh, but before the injury, I thought he was playing well, creating pressure. I thought he was a good compliment to Garrett. This year, it was a really slow start for him. He got hurt again, missed time. Since he's come back from that injury, he's played really well, especially when Garrett was on the COVID list. So uh, you know, you kind of hope that you've got those those bookends, at least to get you through the rest of this season, because I, I know Miles Garrett, his eyes are going to be wide if, if Daniel Jones is out there on on Sunday and it's not Colt McCoy, because even though Jones can move, obviously, and, and that could cause problems for the Browns. He also puts the ball on the ground a lot. Miles Garrett has kind of become the master of the strip sack uh, this season. So I'm sure his eyes will be wide to have a, a shot at Daniel Jones. So, yeah, th- this is a this is going to be a good test for that Giants line.
1: So going back to Monday night football against the Ravens, obviously a crazy game there. Um, Definitely going to be one of the best of the season. We saw Jedrick Wills get banged up towards the end of the game. Um, And obviously he's an important player for you at left tackle there. Do you have any sense of if that was just a little knock, obviously he came back into the game. Is there going to be a long-term effect? Is he going to be out or is he uh, ready to go again?
2: Uh, he, he should be ready to go this week. I, I think, um, I believe he practiced today. Uh, so I think that was just sort of a, you know, he came back into the game. So that's, that's the positive there. You know, a guy I mentioned earlier actually was, was Teller who's dealing with an angle injury now too. He kind of popped up on the injury report. So he's really the guy to keep an eye on, on that offensive line, but I think Jedrick Wills will be okay. And, you know, look, he's a rookie. He's had his issues, but he's also been really good. And uh, he's been a great addition to the left side of that line. So, you know, if he wasn't out there, it would be a a big time downgrade to have anybody else out there, but he he should be good to go.
0: And then the next on the list that I do want to mention is uh, Denzel Ward, who's been your very reliable, very good cornerback. He's been suffering uh, with a calf injury of late. I think he did practice today, though, on Wednesday. So I'm guessing that's, you know, good heading towards Sunday.
2: Yeah, Denzel Ward did return to practice today. They actually just sent the injury report and he was listed as limited. Uh, so it looks like he's working his way back, which is really important because this secondary has just been completely beat up, going all the way back to camp when I mentioned the Delpit injury, but uh, they've lost so many guys. They, they haven't had Greedy Williams on the field at all this year. So it's really been a lot of Denzel Ward and he's playing, he's having one of his best seasons. You know, the interception numbers aren't there, but a lot of that is because he's kind of become a guy you don't always want to throw the ball towards Uh, he's having a really great year. So getting him back would be huge. We'll see how the mobility is with that calf injury. Uh, But I I think he should be able to go on Sunday. I I think he was close this week. So I I would be surprised if he's not out there on Sunday night.
0: So who I want to go to now is a player that we have mixed opinions on throughout. (laughs) We do our NFL picks here on this podcast per week. And I always seem to mention when we go over the Browns, Baker Mayfield, since he's come out of college, since he's joined the Browns, I've always been not high on Baker Mayfield, but I've always liked him as a player for some reason. And, you know, Alex has told me to, you know, not talk about this for many reasons. You know, he kind of threw some shade at the New York Giants during a press conference, in fact, um, you know, I, because of Odell Beckham and all that stuff. And just, you know, don't root for him. He's a bad guy, whatever. I like Baker Mayfield. He showed me why I like Baker Mayfield because on the days Where and and there are days where he plays awful, right? But on the days that he plays really well, and you saw that um, against the Ravens, he's a really, really good player and he's able to put the ball in some tight spots. And we saw that. So, you know, I want to get your opinion on him and what you think he can do against this pretty good Giants offense who we recently just saw kind of collapse against, you know, a a really good quarterback and a really good number one receiver, um, you know, going into this game on Sunday night.
2: You know, Baker is, his season has been really interesting for a lot of reasons. I think it started off, you know, he came out of the, the Pittsburgh game when the Browns just got destroyed and he threw a pick six uh, on like his first pass attempt and he threw another interception in the first half. Uh, he came out of that game and there were a lot of people really questioning, you know, can the Browns stick with this guy? And then he comes out against Cincinnati the next week and starts 0 for five, throws the interception where Odell Beckham got hurt. And you're sitting there watching the game and you're wondering, are they going to have to go to Case Keenum at least for a little bit just to give Baker a break? And then in that Cincinnati game, he completed 21 in a row and the Browns end up winning. Then for the next month, he's playing in just awful weather, but the Browns continue to win. And we've just sort of seen this progression from Baker this year of being kind of that gunslinger, idolizing Brett Favre, all of that stuff. He's really kind of accepted his role within this offense. And he spent about a month or so after that Pittsburgh game being a little bit of a game manager. You know, again, some of that was because it was just windy and rainy and nobody could throw the football in, in some of those games. But some of it, I think, was Kevin Stefanski and the Browns offensive coordinator, Alex Van Pelt, really trying to kind of reprogram him a little bit and then rebuild him a little bit. Uh, they cut down on his past attempts. And then really going back to the, the game the Browns played a few weeks ago in Jacksonville and then, and then the Tennessee game and then Monday night we've seen him kind of take the next step now, you know, where he's being more careful with the ball still he's, he's doing some of that game manager type stuff, but now he's being more aggressive and now he's taking some more shots down the field. He's trying to fit some of those tight windows. And that interception he threw on uh, on Monday night was the first one he'd thrown since that Cincinnati game on uh, October 25th. So, you know, I, I think this is kind of the next step with Baker is he sort of learned the value of protecting the football and not being crazy with it, and trusting Nick Chubb, trusting Kareem Hunt, trusting that offensive line, and he's starting to look a little bit like that guy we saw in 2018 who set the rookie touchdown record, so it, th- things are, I'm sorry Alex, but things, things are pointing up a little bit for Baker Mayfield right now, uh, but this is going to be a good test, because that Giants defense, one of the storylines this week, has been their ability to disguise things, and, and kind of trick people, and so this is just another good test, I think, for Baker.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not sure how I feel about Baker. I'm not like a hate. I just didn't like that he threw shade at the Giants and Daniel Jones. Besides that, I think he's a, a above average quarterback in this league, and I think he'll probably get better as he, you know, progresses. I, I don't know. I don't really have any real beef with him besides him talking about the Giants. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I've become the Baker Mayfield hater on the podcast now um, because of it. <laughs> um moving on to the coaching
2: everybody has to play their role <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: moving on to the coaching so the Giants actually have your very own Freddie Kitchens um who I know was you know an all-star there in Cleveland um so how has Kevin Stefanski really turned it around because you know I, I would just have a sense that Freddie Kitchens wasn't the best coach I'm not exactly sure but
2: yeah, his, his rise kind of came out of nowhere. Um, this was a guy that, you know, the year the Browns fired Hugh Jackson, they promoted Greg Williams to be the interim coach, and they gave the play calling to Freddie Kitchens. And that was the first time he'd ever called plays. And uh, he did a really good job. I mean, the offense looked good. It seemed like he meshed with Baker. So the GM at the time, John Dorsey, decided let's keep this rolling. He gives Freddie Kitchens the job. And the reality was he just wasn't ready to be a head coach. He's just not really, I just don't think he's a guy that's built to, to be a head coach necessarily, and everything was just messy. You know, the guys weren't on the same page. There was absolutely zero alignment. Things just completely fell apart. The Browns go six and 10. With, with Stefanski, what they've done is they've paired him with uh, the GM, Andrew Barry. They're both very uh, analytics driven, analytics oriented. Uh, you can see it, you know, every single game uh, that, that analytical approach to the, fo- to the game. And Stefanski is really focused on culture more than anything. He kind of came in and set a tone. He set a culture. I mean, he sounds like Bill Belichick in his press conferences. He doesn't say anything at all. Um, and it, you've seen it kind of trickle down, I think, to the team. And it's, it's night and day based on what we've seen from this team really going before Freddie Kitchens. You know, Hugh Jackson, however far back you want to go with all the head coaches the Browns have churned through. Kevin Stefanski is really the first guy who's come in And had a clear vision for not just what he wants to do on offense, because he's also the play caller, but also just organization-wide. He's really kind of set the tone in the culture for this team. And that's really, I think, what they needed. And that's a big reason why they are where they are.
0: So, you know, going back to Odell Beckham and the wide receivers, you have Odell Beckham, who's now out for the rest of the year. So we go to Jarvis Landry, um, his teammate from LSU, who's probably your, or who is your number one receiver. Uh, and I want to go into, you know, you really don't have, uh, you know, you're not stacked at the wide receiver positions, but these guys like Richard Higgins, who's actually been on the team since 2016. So he's been on there for a while. And the rookie uh, who we mentioned earlier in the intro, Donovan Peoples-Jones from Michigan, um, you know, I've kind of stepped up and normally, I mean, you can tell me from like, from what I'm seeing, when Baker throws in the ball, they're, you know, they're able to make plays and, and get, uh, you know, yards and touchdowns and, you know, stuff like that. So how have you seen them kind of step up in the loss of Odell Beckham?
2: Well, it, I mean, Landry is just a pro's pro. I mean, the guy shows up, he plays hard every week. He's a willing blocker. He does everything they want him to do. He, he's not a huge downfield threat, obviously, uh, but you know, he's going to catch almost everything that comes his way. Uh, with, you know, Rashard Higgins is, is really interesting because he doesn't, when you look at him, he's not super fast, big, there's, there's not a ton that you look at and say, oh boy, this guy's got it all, but he just has this great relationship with Baker Mayfield and, and he's just always where Baker needs him to be. So, you know, if he's making catches on Sunday night, it's going to be because on a third down, Baker knows exactly where Rashard Higgins is going to be. And he's kind of ridden those coattails a little bit to the point where the Browns are probably going to end up extending him. Uh, after this season. And then people's Jones has sort of gone from sixth round pick flyer to, Hey, the Browns really need this guy to be good because when you lose Beckham, you lose that downfield threat. And, you know, Donovan people's Jones is not Odell Beckham, obviously, but if he can, if he can give you anything uh, going downfield, kind of loosen up some of those eight and nine man boxes that the Browns have been seeing since Beckham got hurt. It's huge. And, it seems like him and Baker are kind of starting to get on the same page a little bit as well. And, and the one thing about people's Jones is he might make a mistake. He dropped a sure touchdown against Tennessee on the Browns first drive in that game. And then a couple drives later, he catches a 75 yard touchdown pass. So this guy is, is kind of unfazed by everything.
1: So the running game obviously is very big for you guys. Kareem hunt now back this season. Um, he's obviously had a big impact I think him and Nick Chubb, at least when I watch the Browns games, which is not too often, right? I'm not a a big Browns fan, as, you know, everyone knows here. Um, But I I kind of see that they have a lot of energy throughout the entire game because they keep rotating. It's not like um, the Giants, I guess, if Saquon Barkley, for example, was still healthy, um, he would be, you know, exhausted by the end of the game or at least tending to look a little bit tired, I always feel like Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, they always look fresh. And, you know, that offensive line, like you said, improved this year. So what kind of threat does the running game give to the Giants? The Giants have a great run defense, um, especially in that uh, center with Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, Dalvin Tomlinson. Um, what do you think, how is that matchup going to go down this weekend?
2: Well, I, it's interesting because I think the Browns, with their, with their two backs, with Chubb and Hunt, and then that offensive line, I think you have to put them in the conversation as maybe the best rushing attack in football. Uh, I mean, you've got Nick Chubb, who should have, run, should have won the rushing title last year. Uh, Derrick Henry stole it from him on, on the last, I think maybe his last carry of the season. In fact, um, you know, Kareem Hunt is a former rushing champ. And I think if he were a featured back somewhere, he'd, he'd be in that discussion, as, certainly as, as one of the best backs in football. So the thing that you're pointing out is really important because what the Browns do is they'll kind of pound you with Nick Chubb and, and he's got that big playability, you know, he'll break a 50 or 60 yarder, but uh, you know, they're going to pound you with Nick Chubb. And then, you know, just when he's starting to get tired, here comes Kareem Hunt, like you mentioned. And if the Browns have a lead, that's really when you start to see that because we've had games where Nick Chubb, you know, has come out and, and been the lead back for like three quarters and Kareem Hunt has been that change of pace kind of third down guy. And then in the fourth quarter, Kevin Stefanski and and the running backs coach here stump Mitchell send out Kareem hunt. And he kind of finishes the game because he's fresh, you know, and it, it just wears defenses out. So, you know, the Browns have been more aggressive passing the ball the last two weeks, uh, but they're not afraid to just pound the football over and over again, even if it's not working, they'll just keep doing it because eventually one of these two guys is going to break.
0: And I want to mention Nick Chubb too. Um, You know, he's number five on the rushing leaders yards wise, and he missed, I think, four games this season, which is crazy that he's still up there. And then that could show I don't I mean, I don't want to take anything away from Nick Chubb. I mean, that could show that the league's other running backs behind him is Kenyon Drake and Zeke and Josh Jacobs. So it could. But I think it's it's got to, you know, it could show that the NFL I'm like going back and forth. It could show that the other NFL running backs have not been as good but it's also showing that the guy missed four games and he's still top five in the league with rushing yards, which I think it's, it's crazy to me.
2: I, I mean, I, I can tell you that Nick Chubb is, he's the real deal. I mean, when you see him run the football, he is absolutely one of the best runners in the league. There's there's no doubt about it. He's, again, he's right up there with guys. When it just comes, it's Derek Henry, it's it's Nick Chubb, it's Dalvin Cook. He belongs in, in that discussion when it comes to just running the football. Um, and, and again, you know, you might see some situations where he kind of, okay, here's a two yard run, you know, here's another two yard. And then all of a sudden he breaks a 13 yarder and a 15 yarder. And he's, he's got this breakaway speed that you don't expect. He'll get into that second level. His rookie year, he had a 92 yard run uh, and he gets into that second level and guys don't catch him. So uh, he's, he's as good a runner as there is in football for sure.
0: All right. So, Going on to your score prediction for Sunday night. If you, if you ought to pick a winner, you know, you can pick your, you pick your winner. We, we picked the Browns, both of us. So you let us know what you think.
2: Yeah. I I mean, I've, I've got to pick the Browns in this one. I've I've had it circled as one of those games that I've been wary of, um, you know, because I think the giants are better than their record. And we, we saw, you know, they went on that streak um, and, and they were playing really good football, but I still think the Browns should be able to do enough offensively uh, to win this football game the defense is shaky there, there's absolutely no doubt about that but again I, I kind of go back to this front four with Miles Garrett Olivier Vernon you got Sheldon Richardson in the middle uh, a guy named Larry Oganjobi in the middle too who, who's been playing really well lately I think they're going to be able to put the, create enough pressure on Daniel Jones and at least keep him contained if he does kind of turn to his legs um, I, I think they'll be able to uh to put enough pressure on him to to do what this defense needs to do. So I, I think the Browns, if nothing else, I think the Browns can, can outscore the Giants on Sunday night, e- even if their defense is still shaky.
0: And then we had it, I think it was like 27. I had 27, Alex had 28 for the Browns scoring wise. So like, do they crack that mark, you think?
2: I, I mean, I think that's probably a pretty safe number. Um, I, I think somewhere between that 25 to 30 range is about, usually where this team ends up. Now they scored 38 against Tennessee and uh, 42 against Baltimore. So, so this offense is, is kind of humming along here right now, but yeah, I, I always kind of put them in that 25 to 30 range when I make my predictions. So, uh, you know, I, I, I would say maybe 28 to 21. It's the same prediction as
1: me there. Uh, there
2: wait. we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I believe that's
1: all. So Dan Lobby is a Browns reporter for cleveland.com. Thanks so much for coming on today.
2: Yeah, thanks a lot, guys.
0: Alright, right, so that was our interview with Dan Lobby. We hope you really enjoyed it as much as we did. Uh, It was an exciting interview. It was a fun interview. We were able to talk with him on the Cleveland Browns, you know, the preview with that. Obviously, we were able to mention Odell Beckham as well in there. So, you know, we got his thoughts on the trade, and um, we still have our thoughts. I still have my thoughts on the intro. I think it paid off for the Giants. Alex does as well. So we were able to ask him about it on the the Cleveland side of things. Our Week 14 picks for last week, We both went nine and six. We both had the exact same picks for each game this week. At least we change it up a little bit. um, And Alex will start us off with the week 15 picks.
1: All right. So Thursday night football, we're going to start with that. We got the Chargers and the Raiders. We both have the Raiders. Then moving on to Saturday football. Saturday what? Um, There's going to be a 430 game. um, Buffalo Bills against the Denver Broncos. We both have the Bills winning that one. Um, and then the Packers and Carolina, uh, that's Saturday night football, which is something you don't say very often. And we both have the Packers there starting off on Sunday. We have the 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys, and we differentiate on this one. That's not the right word. We all have different picks on this, uh, game here. I have the 49ers. Josh has the Cowboys. Let's hope I am right because we don't want the Cowboys winning. Um, next game, we have the Seahawks and the Washington football team. We both have the Seahawks. We'll be big Seahawks fans this weekend. The Vikings and the Bears, hopefully, um, I don't know what I'm saying. Hopefully, I don't really care, but we both have the Vikings win. Um, hopefully the Vikings win, so I'm right. Um, uh, but then Josh's right also, so it doesn't really matter. Um, and finally, for me, uh, the Patriots and the Dolphins. I have the Patriots. Josh has the Dolphins and he will go through the rest of the games on Sunday and Monday.
0: Yeah, so Ravens-Jaguars is the first one um, that I'm going to go through here on on 1 o'clock slate on Sunday. Both have the Ravens-Buccaneers-Falcons. Both have the Buccaneers-Lions-Titans. We both have the Titans-Colts. Texans we both have the Colts I was about to say the Texans for some reason Cardinals Eagles we both have the Cardinals Please please win I can't have Jalen Hurts come in there and show off Uh, It's going to be Rams against the Jets Jets we don't think get another uh, Any win another win please They don't even have one um, so we have the Rams winning that game. Chiefs versus the Saints. This is this could be the game of the season a lot of people are calling it. I don't know if we saw it against the Ravens and Browns, but we'll see what happens here. And we split on this one. Alex has the Saints, I have the Chiefs. And then we have our game Sunday Night Football, which we already... Oh, no! We forgot to give our score prediction on that game. That is very upsetting. So we need to do that right now. So I hope you, you stuck around until the end. I'm going to have browns it's going to be a 27 21 final browns win this game Uh, i i think the giants get a good amount of points on them though at least they get 21 and hopefully don't get zero in the first half 27 21 final for me
1: i'm gonna go for a very 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 similar scoreline and i'm gonna go 28 21 no field goals in this game but the browns will win the butt was there to throw everyone off but the using butt again now, Um, the Browns will be winning this game, in my opinion, and you will see a touchdown from Golden Tate because Josh doesn't like him and I'm going to predict it.
0: That's fine with me. I'm not giving any touchdown score predictions. Apologize for that. Should have had that in the intro. Forgot about, you know, we forget about it once at a time, but we, we luckily made up for our mistake right there. So hopefully, again, you stuck around. To the end, Monday Night Football Steelers versus the Bengals. Clearly, Steelers win. Hopefully, Steelers win. I mean, we'll see what happens. They've dropped two games now in a row. So, we'll see what happens there. And uh, you already heard about it, but we're going to mention it again here in the outro. The GiantTake.com and Alex's new blog post. He's got that covered.
1: The We have a new blog post up. Go read it. Three takeaways from the Cardinals game. And that will get you ready for this game against the Browns. Um, We have episodes on there. Go take a listen on there if you can't listen anywhere else um we have a newsletter you can subscribe to on the homepage. so go check that out just scroll to the bottom and there's a little form there and you can click support the podcast which will take you to our patreon patreon.com slash the giant take and that is a two dollar tier with fan requests shout out on the podcast and a private community
0: all right, so let's move on to the twitters. Go follow Alex at Anorian Twenty Three. Go follow me at Joshua Twenty Nine. Go follow at the Giant Take Pod on Twitter. <laughs> also, go to Instagram and Facebook. Follow at the Giant Take. And um, while you're on Twitter, go follow Talking Blues Pod, the Chelsea podcast that I do with Alex and our friend Peter. Um, sadly, Chelsea is just like the Giants, and they've lost. Well, Chelsea has lost two straight. Giants not two straight yet, and. That's sad that we're predicting that on Sunday, but you know, Chelsea and the Giants are very alike right now. So, you know, I'll just leave it at that. Um, so go you know, subscribe to the Giant Take Podcast wherever you're listening and the Talking Blues Podcast wherever you're listening as well. Um, let's see what else here. Share with one friend, share with friends and family, and share on your social medias. Be sure to tag us at the Giant Take Pod if you're going to do it on Twitter, at the Giant Take if you're going to do it on Instagram and Facebook. Go to the five stars, mainly on iTunes, and give us five out of five stars if you're able to write a review. Perfect. If you're not, just give us that five-star rating. That'll really help us out. And, um, yeah, I think that's everything for me. Uh, uh, No, can't think of anything else. You have that little thing there. I'm sure Alex will clip that and bring that up next time I'm struggling with something, and I'll add that right in there, that that beautiful clip. So, yeah, that's all for me.
1: All right, that is a wrap for Episode number 69, very special episode. Um, I've been your host, Alex, always joined by Josh. And we'll see you next time with another Giants recap.